Hello, hello, and welcome to Wet Hot American Moon Juice, a Nano Chilmo podcast. Love that. My name is Morgan mm. Spatola, and I am here with two other people that will now introduce themselves. Well, hey, everyone, what's up? It's it's me. It's James. It's uh, it's James on a on a season of Wet Hot American Moon Juice so chill that I forgot my nickname. <laughs> On all three of the pre-introduction recordings, Aww. introduced myself as Wham James zero times, which was cool. Oh no! But that's okay because it's chill month, and it that's my introduction. And my introduction. <laughs> You're so chill. You don't know the words anymore. It's perfect. That was a I'm like perfect a beat introduction. Poet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I tried to indicate that you should introduce yourself mm-hmm. and. My hands were not on the yeah. camera, so I had to put my hand like weirdly high up. So, hi, I'm Aaron with the weirdly high up hands. We're doing great. We're this doing is, really yeah, good. Yeah, we're so just far. killing it. This so season far, rules. Uh, both episodes I've been on this season, <laughs> the pre interview and this one, have just started out amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So clearly, I'm not the problem. <laughs> the pre interview was so good. Your pre interview was awesome. It I only listened to half of mine, and I also forget everything that I said during the whole thing, and that's, that's okay. Anyway, so as of recording, we are on day three of Nano Chilmo. Yep. And. Normally, I'd say, like, hey, what's everybody's word count? But, like, as I understand it, none of us are really doing that this year. So I have a word count. Erin, are you doing that this year? Well, no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Not specifically. I did notice that there is a badge this year for meeting your 1,667 words per day quota. Mm. So I already have lost that on day one. I don't think that was a badge that used to exist. But you know what? I'm okay with not having that one. Yeah, that's exactly. Because it's it's a stupid badge. You didn't lose it. You unless, rejected unless it. Unless for anybody yeah. who got the badge. Sure. And then it's a cool badge. Mm-hmm. But for me personally this season, it's a stupid badge that I didn't want anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's not for you. It's not well, for you. I, I have I a word count it. for anyone playing along at home, but it's not fair because as I mentioned previously, I actually already started this manuscript and I did think it was farther along than it actually was when I mentioned that I had already started it. But <laughs> as of day three, I am at 7,377 words, only 1,000 of those that I've actually written during this month. But hey, same. It looks nice on the website. <laughs> yeah, I've got 1,003 words, I think. Nice. That I, I started mine on the first. So I'm pretty pleased. Like, and you know what? They're all good words. Good. That's the thing. I I've like got that. a thousand words and I like all of them. And today I was trying to write and I hit a point where I was like, I'm not loving these words that I'm writing. So I'm going to stop. I love that for you. Yeah. No, I love that for me too. I'm at 812 oh. words. Mm, Excellent. That's good. Yeah. But many of those words were in haiku form. So I think that. Uh, <gasps> Yeah. I think those count for double. At I least. Think so too. Those hey, are definitely weighted. Well, I, I sure was wait wait. Anyways, uh, just like a half joke, just like sort of like. Uh huh. Yeah. Too chill to finish it. I did start mm-hmm. writing the haikus thinking it was seven five seven, and it's not. It's, it's five not. seven five. Yeah. And that's because I think seven five seven is an area code that I know. Maybe. Erin, mm. is that um, a local Virginia Beach? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, which is where your family used to live. Yeah. Li- what live, area yeah, so. code is 575 and on it? Are they the haiku capital of the world? 575 area code is Las Cruces, New Mexico. 
guess what, Las Cruces, New Mexico? I have now anointed you the haiku capital of the world. Mm, I bet Japan's going to love that one. It's Albuquerque and the suburbs. (laughs) Wait, does my dad have a 575 number? (laughs) Your dad might still have his old number. No, 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 no. Mm, No, that's 571. That's... This is not important. Is one of our yeah. All right. Well, while you're codes. while you're fact checking <laughs> this uh, really deep James Anderson lore, uh, what I would like to ask, since none of us are doing word counts, we all have different goals. However, they are all similar in the fact that we decided that we all just want to at least touch our manuscripts once a day this month. Um, mm-hmm. Is kind of what it sounded like, which I think is kind of funny that we all separately did not confer on what it was that we were doing and then all basically came to the same conclusion of like here's how i'll track my progress all month right so how are we doing as far as meeting our goals that we set for ourselves aaron do you want to tell us how you're doing we have had three days and i have written on all of them good so i'm i'm crushing it I'm excited about the story that I'm telling. I'm really pleased to dive back into these characters that I had previously created and kind of hit a point where I was like, I'm not really ready to say goodbye to them, but the book's over. So mm-hmm. yeah. then I was like, you know what I could do is write a sequel. There you go. And I'm very pleased with it. And this one is from the uh, guy's point of view. Oh, fine. Okay. As opposed to the original one was from the girl's point of view. So yeah. Cool. Cool. I'm, I had originally started writing that one with dual points of view mm-hmm. and abandoned it because it was just too much for my brain to handle at the time that I was doing it. So I'm glad to get back into Guy's head after spending so much time in Zoe's. That's so interesting because so. I feel like, I don't know, when I first started getting really into writing fiction, like in my teen, you know, middle school and teen years or whatever, I was very much into like, okay, one point of view, that's it. That's the only person I care about, you know, just the one main character and that's it. And now as an adult, I don't know what age has to do with it, but now in my, my later years, my twilight years, some would call them. I, I guess some, I guess some would call them maybe that. Some. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Well, the twilight <laughs> years of the life that she has lived up to this point. Yeah, yeah. sure. I, can't imagine only doing one point of view like i got like i gotta write from two points of view i don't know why like i just i just i know that the other character is doing something and i want to talk about that (laughs) i don't like it just it really like i i was just trying to imagine like huh if i tried to do that with you know the project i'm working on right now i'm like i couldn't i don't know i just couldn't do it so that's that's interesting james how's your how are your goals going good i have written on all of the days any i had a number set for the haikus which was 20 and i wrote them wow Good. And the haiku, I found a way to move plot along through haikus, which was a I, kind of fun thing. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. And it was through color coding so I could have multiple characters talking oh, in the same haiku. Hmm. And oh. it was cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And day two was a scientific paper. And immediately when I got that, I realized, oops, I don't know mostly what that looks like. So that was a lot of me faking that, which is... You know what? Good. That's what we call good enough. Sounds like my yeah. college career. Um, oh, just I should I should probably update the listener. When last we talked, I was going to be writing starting with myself and kind of like how sad my life was or something. <laughs> something really uplifting for chill for chill season. But instead, what I did was uh, show Erin something that would be perfect in her writing, mm. and then be like, "What if we did like a." 
like a duplex, I, I live there sometimes too sort of deal. And I'm writing these things based sort of on a, the, this root story concept that I saw on Twitter about people and their social media interactions with each other. So like I, I had the most fun I had with the scientific paper was coming up with the title, which I do want to share with you right now, if that's all right. Yes, mm-hmm. please. It was an investigation into the quantum factors involved with and the consequ- consequences propagated by repeated overlap of compatible qualities as determined by the algorithms and coding of a selection of applications designed to foster such overlaps, despite conscious and unflinching dismissal by all involved parties. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> That's so much. very good. What, when you acronym it, what is it? <laughs> A-I-I-T-Q-F-I-W-A-T-C-P-B-R-O-O-C-Q-A. Science uses a lot of Qs. That's a that's a fun little Apparently. fact. Apparently. Uh, A-D-B-T-A-A-C-O-A-S-O-A. Koa Soa. D-T-F. S-O-D-C-A-U-D-B-A-P. Yeah, D- DTF being in this in this paper is really funny. Easy yeah. to remember. Absolutely, yeah. it, it just rolls right off just, the tongue. Uh-huh. And then he just hits a just lets all his fingers fall on a piano, and that's how it's pronounced. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> Good. That was going to be my next yeah. question. Was and when you make that acronym into a pronounceable <laughs> word, what does it sound like? AIQ with like. It sounds. It sounds like your brain explodes. Right. Sounds right. And then today I got in the format of a Michael Crichton book. He's the guy that wrote Jurassic Park and other things, Congo and stuff. Yeah, didn't he write one about like Ebola or something? Or like some kind yes. of Outbra- virus? Uh, the hot, outbreak? The hot, Did he write Outbreak? Hot zone? Outbreak, oh. yeah, I think it was It wasn't outbreak. the hot zone. Hey, fun, fun, quick story. Apparently there is something in hiring called the hub zone, mm. which is historically under something and then the uh, a, a word that starts with b business business is the word that starts with b and i i found out about that today at my job where my boss who has a little slight bit of an accent said hub zone and i started i was like what the hell is a hot zone cuz she said this thing this this business we're working with is disabled veteran in the hub zone which is apparently mm. like this like unicorn of a thing to be working with to meet like stuff that we have mm-hmm. so i was like what the hell is a hot zone when it comes to hiring because all i know is a hot zone is where ebola is and i don't understand how we could possibly have taken whatever so i asked in front of all of my coworkers. oh no Good. what is a hot zone and she says i didn't say that and i was like okay let's continue this sentence she said i said hub zone and i was like i already know that that's the right thing and it was ah. great yeah <laughs> But I, it didn't matter because it was it was very funny and um, outbreak was written by I don't know yeah he wrote a bunch of stuff yeah uh, Richard Preston it, it's based outbreak is based on the hot zone so anyways oh. anyways cool okay so the thing about Michael Crichton though is that one he wrote pretty cool advanced like there was computer stuff in the book like it would have different font that was be like computer screens and stuff which was mm. cool yeah two. All of his books are about how scientists aren't in it for their knowledge. They're just in it for the cash grab. And it's a rough thing to realize because it's the most cynical, like, bad take. Especially when you get into his book about climate change, oh, uh, which was called something I can't remember because I it, it was the first time I've been like, oh, this is a 
bad. This is a dangerous thing for him to have written because he was basically like scientists created this conspiracy of climate of global warming to get funding. Oh boy! Oh. Well, I was like, this sucks. Yeah, this sucks a lot. And then his last book before he died was about pirates. And I was like, Atta boy, that has nothing to do with science. I read it, devoured it. It was great. He also created ER. Pirates are very much in it for the money. Um, That I can say for sure. So, yeah. I may need to reread that pirate book to see if it's an allegory. That (laughs) would be hilarious. Actually, I'd be be like, all right, Crichton, you buried it like a pirate in Uh allegory. Fine with that. Uh, but so my Michael Crichton thing starts with like uh, someone logging into a dating app and then someone's doing computer like development stuff. And then I started a paragraph where the sinister lead scientist is going to steal this lady's work and stuff. Mm. I don't know how much more I'm going to write of it, but I feel like I got the tone down. So uh, that's I'm, great. I'm pretty good. Mission yeah. accomplished. I mean, it's like a good exercise in, in tone like we, like yeah. we talked about. So that's, like what- that's really awesome. My favorite thing I did, and then I, I want to know about how, how you were doing, Morgan, is mm-hmm. I started with the person typing log on because oh. it's like an old school right. an old school app that is like kind of basic thing. Right. And so what I did was I had, you know, the vertical line thing on the keyboard? On my keyboard, it's shift uh, backslash. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what mm-hmm. that is, but yes, I do so know. I, I don't know what it's for. Treated it like a cursor. I love it. So that. I had vertical line L. Next line was L O vertical line, so it was like the cursor was blinking. Oh, and I was I was pretty proud of that. That's probably my favorite thing. The rest of it is sort of, it's fine. But like that was my I was like that's a fun thing to have sort of messed around with. And, that's uh, really fun. I yeah. love that. Yeah. yeah. So how's it going? How's it going on on your end, Morgan? How's how are the cats? The cats are good. Yeah, they're good. I I have like spent... good or like good. I mean. A little bit of both, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. I don't, I don't know what I mean. Oh, by that. okay. Good. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so I spent most of the first day just uh, copy. So I'm not using Scrivener this year very much, mm-hmm. which is like very weird. But um, my my I reasoning, come back to that. yeah, the the reasoning for that is because I want to be able to pull this up on my cell phone wherever I am, and Scrivener does not have an Android app, sadly. Mm. That may have changed, but the last time I checked, they did not. And that was like as of last year, I think. So the first day basically was me just kind of going back over those 6,000 words that I previously wrote in this and then recopying everything from Scrivener onto a big Google Doc. Mm-hmm. It is making me a little stressed having the Google Doc format because in Scrivener, if I don't like where I put a scene, I can just drag it and drop it into a different spot. And in Google, I cannot shuffle things around. I just have to like copy and paste big chunks of stuff if I want. Um, So I don't like that. The commenting feature between Google Docs and Scrivener is kind of similar, but I don't know. It's making me uncomfortable. And uh, yeah, so that's what I did most of the first day. Okay. And then I did, I did have some time to write. And then the second day, which I guess was yesterday, I sat down, I wrote like 300 words. That was fine. All right. And I've kind of just been slowly just reading back through it and then deciding where to write by being like, oh, this should be expanded on. That's great. Yeah. And then just kind of, so I, I haven't added anything new to the story by way of advancing the plot, but I have, you know, expanded on a bunch of stuff, which has felt good. And then today I kind of just picked back up 
what I, I I've written one sentence today because I just haven't had time, but I'll probably do it before I go to bed because uh, nice. I'm caught up on homework right now. Nice. Good. Sadly, I'm finding myself caring a lot more about the plot than I thought I would mm. and that I than I wanted to. <laughs> so yeah. I really mm. just wanted to like have fun with these characters and just like get into shenanigans with their interactions but then i had this like galaxy brain moment where i was like oh my god if this was like the thing behind like the conflict like that would make so much sense so now i have to go set that up in an earlier scene and blah, blah, blah. and then um so then i was like you know what i might be caring about the plot holes more than i than i originally announced that i would so that's been like a fun thing that's backfired on me but these characters are fun and i like them a lot and i i'm just enjoying getting back into them and enjoying um, be getting to write them again which has been great that's good so yeah i mean all all things said it's been going well yeah morgan i want to challenge you to try a technique that is sort of frowned upon but i would like you to put at least one really clunky retcon as opposed to putting in something that makes sense for a plot hole in the past I want. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm gonna. Ch- I want to challenge you to move forward with your plot, but have someone basically like reveal that something has been happening the whole time. Oh, that I think hurts! That, can, that yeah. hurts! Hurts my my brain <laughs> and my heart to try to try to imagine doing. But I will. Uh... I've been left-handed the whole time, and that like messes everything up because cat, because of cats. Because cat. No, all cats are right-handed. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. No cats are left-handed. I will see what I can do. <laughs> I'll let you know how that goes. Cool. Yeah, but it's been good. I don't know. So that's yeah. that's that's what's up with that. Very so nice. I historically have written in Scrivener as well. Famously, um, since yes. I discovered Scrivener. Yes, uh, yes, famously. Same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but with the the when I was working on the novella, I got awful writer's block. Just got completely stuck mm-hmm. and. Somebody, I don't remember if it was Liz or Mika or Christina, but one of them was like, try writing in a different program. Like, just go into Word or something. And so I swapped over to Google Docs, figuring, Mm -hmm. well, that way I can update it on my phone if something occurs to me. And it somehow broke me out of the writer's block enough to actually put words on the page. I had to go back and fix a lot of stuff, but it it made it so that I could continue moving with the story and so this time i just started writing in google docs and that's really good i like as much as i love scrivener mm-hmm. for its ease of shifting things around and stuff for whatever reason google docs seems to be where my brain wants to be right now much like my yeah. brain wants to work with novellas instead of you know fifty thousand plus word yeah, manuscripts. So I'm really glad that you figured that out. Um, yeah, I, I, I am think t- I am too because <laughs> boy, was I way past my deadline <laughs> at that point, like months past. Oh gosh. Yeah, we yeah. we love Scribner. We love Scribner. If anyone from Scribner or Literature and Lattes, who is their parent company, is listening, uh, we need a mobile component for Scribner. Yeah. I need to have Scrivener on my phone. And that is, that's like a just really earnest plea from a complete nobody that uses the app and has been, or not app, a uh, program and has been shilling it for about, uh, I guess, four years now. But it, I, I need it on my phone is the problem. I hate typing on my phone, but I do love with the the Google Doc accessibility that I'm able to just 
pull it open whenever and be like, what was Mm -hmm. that scene about? And then go find it and read through it and make some notes. I can add comments to stuff so that I can come back to it later on a computer. I do type, you know, here and there. When I was sitting in class, I started, you know, working on the scene that I was working on today. And that's great. And I just wish that I didn't have it in Google Docs because I don't, I don't like having my main thing in there. So I will say I don't love the Google Docs app for iPhone. I don't know if it's different for non-iPhones, but I don't love it. What I find myself tending to do more is just opening up my notes app and typing Mm. in that and then pasting it into Google Docs, Mm -hmm. which I did a lot of when I was writing in Scrivener too. I would open Ah. up something up in the notes, type it, and then just paste it into Scrivener because I can also type it on my phone and then it just shows up on my laptop. Yeah. And so it's very easy to copy it and paste it over. Right. So that that has I don't know why my phone really hates all of the Google apps. Mm. Well, you have an iPhone, right? Yeah. And that's, so that's that's, that's, why. that's why I say I don't know why, but I do know why. I have a Google <laughs> Google Pixel because uh, I love Google, and as I say with my two uh, Apple computers here, but I yeah. love Google and I love all the Google apps, and I live my life by it. And my phone operates really seamlessly with all of them for obvious that's reasons. Good. Yeah, I am a typo queen, mm. but only on my phone. So when I'm typing at a computer, I'm I'm good usually, but I make egregious typos when I'm typing on my phone. And I think that's one of the reasons why uh, trying to really get into like doing some writing on my phone bothers me because I just, I just am not as like, I don't know, efficient when I'm typing that way. So that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm like, I can't sit here and bang out like a huge writing session on my cell phone. Like, it's going to be unintelligible. Yeah. Have you tried using voice to text? I know you mentioned that in your pre-interview and that is something that doesn't work for me personally. So I was interested to hear how it worked out for you if you had tried it yet. I haven't done it this time around yet. I have in previous years actually just given notes to myself on voice to text, basically. Sure. And from from people that I know, or not know, I don't know anyone personally that does it, but I'm in like, you know, various writing groups. And there's some people that just swear by writing whole novels on voice to text. Um, they say that it's like a muscle that you have to work to be able to speak in the way that you would type, you know, because like, I feel like when you're actually typing and writing versus when you're talking, it's different. And, and I, I don't know. I feel like I've talked about this before. Like people don't talk the way that you write. Yeah. So when you're speaking, it's always basically a run on sentence more or less, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that doesn't translate to an actual novel. And so Crap. I think that when you actually <laughs> I are, say, James is like, James is just putting down ideas. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when you're doing voice to text, you know, it's, it's not the same. And then also, so you have to just train yourself to, to speak in the way that you would write. And, I'm just not very good at that yet. And so I think I I lose patience with it too when I Mm -hmm. try to do it. So basically what I just end up doing is just opening something up and then just taking notes and being like, and then she does this new line and then this happens new line and then write something about this. So then I'm like, okay, here's a scaffolding for me to actually go in and fill out later. Yeah. But if I end up doing anything like, like a big chunk of anything, I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah. Let me know how it goes. But I, yeah, we'll see. I did say I was going to do that and I do want to try, but I don't know how successful I'll be. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Michael Crichton wrote The Andromeda Strain. Yeah, okay. And, that was uh, I've heard was of that, that one. Yeah. Pandemic-y. Yeah, outbreak, yeah. Extraterrestrial wrote, yeah. microorganism. Okay. It was 1969, so like 
anything that wasn't like polio was sort of like, ooh, it's an alien or whatever. Right. That's great. And then uh, my dad has a uh, Colorado uh, cell phone area code because okay. that's probably okay. where he got the cell phone or something. So. Thank you for following up on those things. Absolutely. With yes, thank you. I appreciate that. James, Yeah. what have been some challenges with your format so far that you've that you faced or have have you not faced them but you have said oh okay this might be a challenge later that i wasn't expecting to see i think the biggest challenge is that the only time i feel motivated to write is literally right after it turns midnight Mm. and then yeah you you kind of made that into a habit yeah starting with your yeah i don't Mm -hmm. like it now yeah but that is like when i wrote i wrote the haikus i wrote 10 and then I went to bed and then I wrote the other 10 like when Matt was taking a shower like I was Mm -hmm. sitting on call for anything Mm -hmm. that should be needed and just sort of banging out some more haikus and that was fine but like the scientific paper I was like I'm not gonna come back to this like like Mm -hmm. and my my night last night was you know recording and then freaking out child and then trying to sleep it was abnormal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then tonight, so then tonight that went into, I, I've only had this prompt for a little bit and I need to sort of decide whether I'm going to roll this into tomorrow too mm-hmm. or see. And what I may do is roll it then after midnight, write a little bit more Michael Crichton stuff and then it'll depend on what comes up and then go with that. I think that it's, I've been having a tough time with like interest in stuff in general a little mm-hmm. bit recently. So it's really been interesting to be like, all right, man, all you got to do, what's the most basic skeletal stereotypical pastiche thing that you think of Michael Crichton being write that down. Yeah. Cause what I wrote, if I'd gotten Dan Brown, it would have looked almost exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And Dan Brown doesn't do the like, conservative scientists are the evil ones stuff yeah yeah he does the everything's a conspiracy which like you know that has no party yeah (laughs) (laughs) so it's interesting because i'm trying and i'm trying to be like okay look you've written some cool stuff you you you've come up with you know the i'm I'm interested to see what happens when i get into a multimedia situation Mm-hmm. Or a, a songwriting situation. Listener mm-hmm. Clea challenged me to write a uh, Fall Out Boy song and then also Ooh. on a separate line, a Blink 182 ish song. Love it. About this. So I've been, when she said that, I've been, I started parsing like, what are the major differences between Fall Out Boy and Blink 182? And they uh-huh. aren't, I mean, everyone involved in those bands would be like, one was first and that's the major difference. But like, so it'll be interesting once the format changes from basically just sort of pro- like, I mean, the first day was poetry, but the other two are sort of very heavy, prosy, sort of scientific mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So what what interested me to start is what's going to continue interesting me, I think, which is what is this line mean and how do I execute it? And that's what I'm yeah. sort of going to rely on to go forward. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to have any trouble like writing something. Yeah. I was a little nervous if like, one of the like more craftier things had come up today where it was like, mm-hmm. I really only have a little bit to work on this. Would you consider re-rolling something? Like if that was a situation where you're like, hey, that's really good, but I don't have time for it today. Uh, I think if it's really good, I would suddenly have time for it. 
<laughs> okay, fair. But if it sucked, given where I was on uh-huh. the day, I yeah. would, I would, I think I'd be fine with rerolling it. Okay, for yeah. Sure. I think that this is an interesting kind of going back to what you said about having trouble, like you know, being. In, I'm paraphrasing because now I don't remember your exact phrase, but you said being interested in things, having trouble being in, interested in things, yeah. Or, you know, having things keep your attention. One, absolutely, I can relate to that. Yeah. Yep. Two, I think that 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 doing this project while being in a, a phase like that is really important yep. because I think that one thing that I I talk about sometimes and also talk about like the beauty of NaNoWriMo is that even when you're not feeling it. If you, whatever it is, if you just sit down and say, hey, I'm just going to take 10 minutes and when 10 minutes is up, I'll be done. At least you've worked on it, you know, because like finished is better than perfect. Absolutely. And like, and and even if it's, even if it's just like this, this completely eclectic project, you know, like you, you are, even if you're not feeling it, you're forcing your brain to exercise these uh capabilities and these capacities and you're going to be better for that even if like it is like pulling teeth you know like it's just a good exercise for your creativity and so i just think that's really interesting and i hope that it ends up serving you and and i'm you know i i think that'll work out for you i hope (laughs) i think so too i think i might add tell the story via voice to text (laughs) or like okay voice to text for five i don't i like Time is confusing yeah. to me, so I don't know what's yeah. super long and what's doable um, yeah. and what's super short. But like just having the voice text on and that being my writing for, for the day, because that's what mm-hmm. came up, is is a sort of fascinating thing. Just to see sort of my ums and uhs mixed in with uh, other stuff and like how that really... Because I feel like I do write mostly how I talk. Uh-huh. To my own like career detriment, like my boss has right. said, you can't. We have to all write emails the same, and then he took me off emails forever. Which you know, <laughs> jokes on him. But uh, yeah, <laughs> like, but so I mentioned. So that's that's something I might I might add. Um, I also there's a character in. Well, in, as hmm? oh, as an aside, a ten minute speech is about a thousand words. So okay. you could just kind of do the math from there and figure out oh, yeah. how many minutes. And that that's like a written one. Like if you write a thousand words and then like deliver that as a speech, it's it's about 10 minutes. Yeah. So, so maybe 10 um, minutes would be a good thing. Just so you know. Yeah. And then there's it a character like in Ant-Man that uh, tells stories in a way that I think I might want to mimic uh, too. Cool. So that might be cool. – I, I, I like the idea of adding stuff constantly to like have mm-hmm. options, not have it be just a dwindling list that like, yeah. well, right. now that's that. So. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not. It's funny. I'm on my third format of writing stuff too. Like I started yeah. in a Google Doc, and then I got the <laughs> I forget what it was called, like Avalanche or something intense for yeah. my for my script writing last year. And this year, I'm in Notes because for Timeline Scavengers, I'm in Notes all the time anyway. So mm-hmm. that's just where I am. And I've never been like I want to get this published or I want to get this into a a, a form that is like done and so this is kind of fun because it's sort of like sketch it and throw it away or sketch it and put it on the pile almost and uh yeah uh, that's kind of a, a fun little pressure release for mm-hmm. chill season. yeah yeah so i love that yeah aaron what i want to ask you is because i can't stick on one thing for any given amount of time i want to know what 
your feelings are and your sort of sources of power for writing a sequel and really just sort of persevering in this sort of area of the of the bookstore for these you know seasons of of what american moon juice like what what keeps the what keeps the spark alive for you for for writing this kind of uh novel slash novella is that too intense a question? That feels. I got to the end of it, and it felt like a really intense question. Well, I guess Do you mean like just sticking with the genre. That yeah, yeah, that's okay. Okay, that's, I was yeah, like, okay. I don't know how to answer well, how that because do I don't on? actually know what the question is. Erin, <laughs> um, <laughs> what drives you as a human being at your core? When you Caffeine, get up every day, how do honest, you do yeah. that? Coffee, coffee, just coffee. So much coffee. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting because I don't read as much romance these days as I used to. The past few years, I've mostly been reading, like when I read, it's mostly like thrillers. But I have no desire to write a thriller because I don't think I would be good at it because mm-hmm. my my brain doesn't want to come up with that type of story. But yeah. I like the formula of romance. Mm-hmm. I like the predictability of you know, you ha- you introduce your main character, then you introduce your second main character, and then they meet, and then this thing happens. And it kind of just has to follow this formula that I've gotten used to. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I don't want to say it's easy, because it's okay. not, but it definitely mm-hmm. feels more comfortable than starting from scratch. It's sure. also, it's a it, it was my primary genre that I read for many, many years. Right. And so it's one that I am familiar with. And so it doesn't feel as taxing as switching genres every year. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes so, sense. So, yeah. And the, I mean, this story that I'm working on now, which I am calling Stocking Stuffers. Perfect. Yep. I love it. In so many different shades. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just all a full explosion of flavor mm-hmm. of that title. Yep. Yep, sure is. <laughs> I um, didn't like that phrasing. Well, <laughs> anyway, go on. And here I we are. I think James did that intentionally. I wish but that I could do it. I, you know, I like these characters, and I'm not... Like, I, I wanted to keep writing them and spending some time with them. And I wanted to get inside the other one's head, Mm -hmm. which I didn't have a chance to do before. So I don't know. I think quite frankly, the idea of switching it up as often as you are this season stresses me out to no end. (laughs) Yeah. Like I love it. I love this journey for you. (laughs) Right. It is not a journey I am personally interested in taking, but yeah. It's a lot more superficial, and I think that that is a cop-out on, on my end in a fine way. It's chill yeah. season. Who cares? But, like, I think that the idea... Because, like, the first thing that happened with these characters in the haikus was one of them was kind of an asshole internet troll. Mm-hmm. And I wanted... I started, and I wanted it to be sort of a mutually they were both sort of eh to each other. And so neither of them was interested for reasons that weren't like you were a jerk to me. But immediately one of my primary colors that I paint in is aggressive sarcasm. And so that was immediately what came out. And 
Sure. The other person reacted accordingly. I also was trying to sort of keep genders irrelevant for as long as I could. And it was really hard because it was such a dude thing to like say and be. Mm -hmm. And I've been trying to imagine it as not a stereotypical dude gender of some sort. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard. I I think I pulled out a little bit of like, he likes things. Again, he, the, that character likes things in a particular way. And that shows that's how he expresses and receives care or whatever is attention to detail or whatever. It feels again, sort of cop outy, but like, I'm not getting to know these characters as nearly as much as you will be because you're doing a, a, if you will, excuse me, like a deep drill down, Mm -hmm. um, which I, if you want to use that for a third book, that's yeah. <laughs> the tooth fairy uh comes a uh, Colin and no but like I think it's interesting because I have a like it's it's really intimidating and and sort of exposes some insecurities I have to sit with characters and be like all right what else have you got Yeah and I think it makes me sort of think of people that I interact with too I kind of take umbrage with you calling it a cop out calling like this a cop out only for me? It's not a cop. I don't mean a cop out. I mean it's no, it's no your project. Like you, you, you're calling. Oh. You're calling the fact that you're doing it sur- being surface level. You're calling that a cop out. If I'm understanding right, and I don't agree with you. I think and I that can explain why. <laughs> I have. I want you to explain why, but I want to also sure. explain myself. Yeah. Cop out is an aggressive is an aggressive word to to have picked. I think that I have found an area of comfort in which I can explore some things about writing and creating that I am interested in but I'm also very interested in in like characters and getting to know characters and Aaron like when you said like wanted to know what the other person's head was doing mm-hmm. that's not what you said and that's anyways god damn it <laughs> because you you probably have described what many people's heads were doing um mm-hmm. I lost my train of thought anyways that's something that I'm not good at and i'm good at more pastiche stuff so again chill summer chill summer chill season is a place of forgiveness so i'm not beating myself up about it Mm -hmm. i think that i guess what i'm saying is that when i hear you aaron say it stresses you out to no end to do from to think about mine i guess that was basically a long way of long very jamesy way of saying yeah but same but for you like yeah yeah, Same, exactly. But, yeah. Well, so two things. One, I think that you are going to end up, I'm going to predict that you will end up with a role on the RNG that will allow you to get closer to these characters. Yep. I think that three days in, the formats that you've gotten have not allowed that. Yep. And I yeah. imagine that you you will have an opportunity. So that's that's yeah. point, little, point number one. Point number two, I think that making cop-out art is valuable for sure that's that's why i take umbrage because i think that i think that saying that if you're if you're doing something and it's a cop-out and saying that that's a cop-out in a negative way i don't think that's true because i think that even if you are making something that it's just going to be trashed later because it's just you know like if i sit here with my post-it note and i doodle like a dog with a fart coming out of its butt like i'm not going to like send that to like you know the smithsonian maybe but i'm not Hang going to, to you know like, like yeah no i'm not i'm just gonna like i'm just gonna like crumple it up later when i'm cleaning up my desk in like six months you know right. but like but but doing that is still like a valuable sure. act 
And maybe that's just because I hold creation itself in high esteem, where like if you're creating something, like it doesn't matter what you're creating, it just matters that you're doing the creating. And and I think that that's important. So like, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is just that like, make the cop out art who ca- like it's fine yeah. just make yeah. like who cares like it's great that you're that you're doing it like and it doesn't matter like what value it ends up having or what value these characters end up giving you because you don't get to know them or whatever like i i think that they'll be okay <laughs> I, I i i appreciate that i i think that i definitely i definitely take that to heart i think that one thing that I struggle with in my life is like you know the like abstract art that's like I painted this white canvas white and it's here it is kind of art yeah uh-huh and the 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 like <laughs> abstract st- expressionism yeah Go on. the like the like stereotypical <laughs> me looking jerk who comes in and like oh blah 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 I could do blah blah I can't believe he duct taped a banana right. to the exactly. wall exactly um, yeah totally which like. For, right, first of all, if you can sell art that is a duct tape banana, like there's an art going on that you don't, no one gets to see, but you and the dealer. First of uh-huh. all, second of all, like, well, my six year old could do it. Fine, fucking let him. Is two, yeah. And three, I have a hard time being like, okay, I've painted this can, you know, I. You know, not in a mimicky way, but like, if it's me as an artist, I've done this thing. Mm-hmm. Am I done? And I have a voice in my head. If I haven't worked hard, yeah, that says probably not. And right. I think that one of the things that I'm trying to work on in my life is being like, I have a tough time with like is this good enough and I don't need to stress yeah. because it's good enough or am I letting myself off a hook and not worrying about it enough? And again, yeah. not necessarily for, for chill season writing, but this is coming into NaNoWriMo because of right, what right. I'm bringing. And then it, they do sort of like leapfrogs over themselves. Like, well, no, you're being too hard on yourself. So ease up mm-hmm. a little bit. Have I eased up too much? Wait, should I not be yeah. easing up? Yeah. Over and yeah. over and over again. Yeah, no, that's totally understandable. And I think that especially when you're you're putting so much of yourself into something, yeah. you it, it, even if it is the the trash art of the the farting dog in a post-it note, like uh, you're still putting something into that, like yeah. it, it becomes a really personal thing yeah. whether you want it to or not. And then deciding where you're going to fit that in with your self-esteem yeah. you know yeah. of like right. how you're doing in the world is like not easy sometimes right. so and, and i don't think that there's like a right or wrong answer no. sometimes either yeah. so so it's 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 tough and it's i think it's why we do this you know yeah, For there's sure. definitely value in creating something that seems fluffy or useless on the surface but you're yeah. you're using it to work through some things i mean that was my nano yeah. project a few years ago yeah. just yeah i mean Nobody's ever going to read it, but it helped me process some stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. I want to bring up a, a different Scavengers Network podcast that illustrates sort of, I think, the best way that this can happen for me. Frankenstein's Jukebox is another podcast where I do a lot of creating. And mm-hmm. uh, I write lyrics for songs that Daniel makes music for. And there was, it, it was, I'll never forget it. It was the first day that the pool was open of 2021. And I had written some notes at, again, 12.30, 1, 1 1.30, 2.30 in the morning when I write stuff. And I had just written notes, like, just sort of like ideas for rhymes or ideas for whatever. And then I was like, what is the word for 
the measurement of how much a like a, a mineral reflects light. Because mm-hmm. I know that that's a thing of the moon. The song is about the moon. Um, what I'm making moon juice. Hey, welcome. That's, yeah. Nice. That's how we tie it together. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I looked that up. And so Candela is the name of that measurement. And it like, hmm. and so I wrote Candela down at the bottom. So Daniel, in a fit of creativity, made a song. I wasn't done with those lyrics. I hadn't done anything with them. I literally was like, all right, I think this... And I think that and that and that and a note for later, Candela. And they made this song that I was like, this fucking rules. And it was all these snippets of half things that I would never have been like, and now I'm done. But Daniel's like, I'm taking it. I'm making it right now. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. That's great. It felt like magic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is, I think it is magic. Yeah. It is magic in a kind of way. Yeah. Like that, what you're describing, like that's magic. And I think what we're doing here too, that's also magic, yeah. you know? And, and and I think it's important to remember that. Yeah. We I, I want to move us towards wrapping up. Yeah. Um, I also want to share a little bit if anyone wants to. I have a short scene that I wanted to read um, that I didn't write during this November, but I just think it's good and I wanted to share it. And um, if you have like a sentence or a haiku... Mm-hmm. or um, a short scene. Uh, I think that would be really fun to just kind of all of us just rapid fire, share those real quick, and then we can put a little bow or a pin on this. Yeah. How are we feeling about that? I have no desire to share anything that I have right now. All right. But okay. you guys can. Okay. If you want to. James, do you have anything that you want to share? I'm trying to, I want to share some of these haikus, but I'm trying to figure out how to. I think out of context do, is great. Well, I think, I mean, like, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how to, um, or even if it's a, maybe it's not important. Maybe the whole thing that we've been talking about, because like there's definitely people talking, and in an audio format, it won't be clear on like where the person talking changes. My scene is dialogue, also, so it's kind of you know we'll see how it goes. You should do yours first. I'm gonna okay. throw caution to the wind and not worry about the extra element of which characters are saying what. Perfect. Okay, so here is my scene. What up, Picasso? Hey, Rafi. Charlie smiled, returning the fist bump from the cook in the ticket window. How's the painting going, my man? You making tons of cash yet? If I was, you know that I would not be here. What do you paint again? Birds? Uh, yeah, wildlife, mostly. You know what you gotta do, man? Rafi poked a spatula towards the window. You know what you gotta do? (sighs) What do I have to do, Rafi? Charlie held back a smile. Paint ladies. Oh, yeah? Yeah, man, ladies. That's how you make money. All those famous artists, like Picasso and, uh, you know, all those famous artists? I do. They all painted ladies, man. I guess I should work on that. I bet they got laid a lot, too. That's some sexy shit, man. Go tell a lady you want a painter, and I bet she'd drop her panties right there. Rafi, you can't just walk up to a woman and tell her that you want to paint her. Why not, man? Have you ever tried it? No, I mean... Rafi pointed a spatula at him in triumph. Order up, Picasso. That's the scene. Paint ladies. (laughs) When Rafi was trying to come up with other artists, literally the only other artist I could think of was Jackson Pollock. Perfect. Who famously (laughs) just painted so many ladies. What if... What if... Okay, hold on, real Picasso's quick. Picasso's nudes are also just like fucking. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> POV, you're Jackson Pollock, and you are hitting on a woman and saying, "I'm a 
famous painter. <laughs> I would like to paint you in the nude. And then you do your Jackson Pollock. And then you dump a bucket of fucking paint on her. <laughs> That's you. And she's like. <laughs> and then you look at her like. You get it, right? You're not uncultured, right? I love that very, very much. I do have a clarifying question. Mm-hmm. Those were cats talking? Those were not cats okay. talking. I also thought this I was assumed I, they were cats. That's that's a good good question. Uh the cat heroine falls in love with a human mortal man, and that Charlie right. is the human Got mortal it. man right, who right. is a painter by day. Uh, well, I guess painter in his spare time uh, and is a waiter because that actually pays the bills. Uh, nice. And then Rafi is just like a guy that, that razzes him and works yeah. there and doesn't know any other painters than Picasso. Don't you think it's Same, interesting apparently. that we just had this conversation about <laughs> art and creation of art and the uses of art? And, and then that was what I picked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Loving that For very sure. much. <laughs> I would like to read. All right, listener. When I say the number... They're haikus. It's super duper short. So when I say the number, I think it's going to be seven, but okay. it's going to go quick. So sure, everyone just and by listener James does mean uh, the editor, whoever is editing <laughs> this episode. Right. It's uh, Dan. And yes, thank you for the clarification. I was very concerned. Um. Okay. So these are the first seven. This is sort of where I. Yeah. This is. Yeah. You ever start to read poetry in front of people that are looking at you and then you're recording it also? All right, here we go. I'm not not looking. Early June evening. Tinder. A match is struck. Sparks. Summer nights like this. June 10th is still spring. Pedantic? Maybe I am, but I'm also right. Wait. No. No sparks. None. Okay. Keep it together. Don't give up just yet. From your perspective, but consider the weather. Warm night, warm breezes. Jesus, the weather. So then by that same token, warm March is summer. Is there such a thing as anti-sparks? Because this, this is some bullshit. You know what? I'm done. I don't need this in my life. Log out. Yes, I'm sure. I love that. I loved that. That was awesome. That was really good. Thanks. It was really good. And even though, like, I couldn't see, you know, because you said that you color-coded it on the page, like, I could still tell what was going on. So that was that was really awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Great. That was great. James, thanks. Your snaps because it was poetry. Yeah, thanks. You snap. <laughs> the person who, who uh, was being pedantic uh, does say later that ghosting is thoughtful. So they, <laughs> yeah, it's a fun thing that we're, we're figuring out. I love it. They have a friend, so like, I guess something's going right in their life, maybe. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, thank you very much for sharing, and thank you everyone for listening to our very first NaNoWriMo check-in, or NaNoChillMo check-in. If you really like the show and you would like to get some extra motivation this month, we are posting some NaNoWriMo motivations, mm-hmm. if you will, on the Scavengers Network Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash the Scavengers Network. For as little as $2 a month, you can get access to all of that, as well as other Wet Hot American Moon Juice bonus content and all bonus content for the entire network, everything anyone's ever posted. Uh, there's some like smut that Aaron wrote for one of our date night streams one time. Oh, fuck, I forgot about that. <laughs> 
I know that there's things that James has made and wrote as well, uh, and I I don't think any of it is smut. I'm 99.9% positive it's not. And then I some of my writing is actually on there too that has to do with myth takes. So if you want writing, there's more writing. And as far as all that goes, if you want to find me on social media, I'm anywhere at Morgan Spatola, which is S-P-A-T-O-L-A. Uh, James, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Unabashed James. And one of the things on Patreon that isn't smut, that isn't related to Wet Hot American Moon Juice, is a live blog of the movie Sharknado 6. It's about time. So. Oh, excellent. Aaron, where can we find you? I am on the internet at Unabashedly Aaron, pretty much on all the social media platforms, except Twitter, which exists, but... At Just James if me. you want to talk to yep. me, because I <laughs> do not use Twitter. Aaron, you have a uh, novella anthology coming out. Where do we find that? So you can go to books2, as in the number 2, read.com slash TTDS to pre-order Tis the Damn Season, a holiday romance anthology by me and Christina Mitchell and Mika Usher and Liz Zirkel. And it comes out November 15th. And if you pre-order it now, you'll have it in time. It's an ebook, so you'll get it immediately yeah. anyway. But you'll have it in time to read for December. Yeah. Which is uh, the holidays. The holidays. So it's perfect. Yeah. I have been unable to stop thinking tis the wham season until I thought of uh, since I thought of it until forever. So that's just well, my head. We have to do something with that yep. now. Yeah, I've been if we can figure out something, I was like, that's something. What do you do yeah. with that, James? Like tell Aaron. And Morgan, yeah. when you're recording with them. Yep, yep. And that's what I did. That's what you do with it, and we'll figure it out. So we write a song about Wet Hot American Moon Juice mm-hmm. to the tune of Taylor Swift's Tis Frosty the Damn Season, oh. but oh, with the Wham! the band sound. That's what we do with it. <laughs> Aaron, uh, And this has been Frankenstein's Jukebox. Music in your hands is absolutely terrifying, and I think mean that in the best way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> on that note uh nope, stay tuned stuff. for some extra social media stuff uh our phone number you can call us leave us a voicemail we will respond to you our actual social media handle for the show and not just the personal peoples and that's it thank you so much everybody and like we always say on this show when we're signing off wham bam thank you ma'am <laughs> chill wham, out bam, chill out ma'am and yeah great thanks bye, bye. Wham Juice is a proud member of the Scavengers Network. All of the authors on this show are part of other projects on the Scavengers Network, with the exception of Kyle, but he's new here and uh, we haven't finished the hazing process yet. If you want to go find out about all the other shows on the network, go to scavengersnetwork.com and just take it all in. Are you an author who has met their word count for the day and just can't stop writing? Are you a non-NaNoWriMo participant and you just want to have in on some of the fun of writing? Are you just a fan of the show and want to show us how good you are at putting words together? Then you can tweet at us at whamjuicepod or write us an email at wethotamericanmoonjuice at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do you have a question or concern or flex that you want to tell us directly with your own voice? 
Notice I didn't say human voice because we are alien friendly. You can give us a call at 984-444-9426. And that is also known as 9844-HI-WAM. Please give us a call. Please leave us a message. Please tell us how you're doing. Please ask us for advice because we love to give advice like we are real big shot podcasters. So please give us a call. The Scavengers Network. Creator driven. Community focused. Treasured content. Well, Daniel, it looks like Frankenstein's Jukebox is going to be joining the Scavengers Network. I heard. It's very exciting. But it does mean we need to write an ad. Oh, you're right. Okay. Okay, I have an idea. You know how on Frankenstein's Jukebox we take two songs from a given year and pull out the things we like about them and use those aspects to make a new song? Of course. We call that new song a song promise. Well, what if we used a similar strategy with our ad? Hey, I think that's a great idea. What are some aspects of your favorite podcast ads? Hmm. Well, I like ads where the two hosts are talking to each other, pretending like they're not doing the ad. That's a good one. I like when the information about the show is presented in a way that demonstrates the concept of the show. Oh, for sure. Okay, so let's use those aspects to make an ad. Actually, wait, there's one more thing I love in a podcast ad. That's so funny because I have one more thing too. You go ahead. No, please, I insist. Same time? Same time. One, two, three. A bicycle, a bicycle horn, horn at the very end, end of the ad, ad to show, to show that, that even, even though we, we love music and take, take the assignment seriously, we're also just a couple of sillies. Huh. Okay. Well, I guess we have to have that aspect. Frankenstein's Jukebox. The second Wednesday of every month, with song promises being released when we finish them. On the Scavengers Network. <laughs>